Thanks for joining us today at Springwell Church, where we want to draw spiritually thirsty people to Jesus by loving God, loving each other, and loving the world. We hope that today's message builds you up, gives you a little insight, and helps you find a brand new perspective. You can find us in Taylor, South Carolina, and online at springwell.org. That's springwell.org. Now let's jump into the message. If you, uh, if you missed last week or this is your first time uh, with us, we're in a series called Control, Walk, Delete, and we've been talking about some things that we need to completely, totally delete from our lives. Y'all excited? Hey, listen, today's going to be easy. I'm not kidding you, really. Today's going to be really, really easy for us because today we're going to talk about gossip. Yeah, we're going to talk about gossip. And we all know that, you know, we don't struggle with gossip here. Y'all, y'all with me? Other churches. Other churches struggle with gossip. Not us. Man, we don't struggle with gossip. Because we all know that really when it comes to gossip, it's just like religious people that struggle with gossip. Churchy people struggle with gossip, right? And like, you know, 50% of our people are completely unchurched. You know, y'all, y'all ain't got no religion. I'm just saying. And so you know, how, you know how religious people are. You know, churchy people, um, they say something like this. You know, I, I'm not gossiping. I'm not gossiping. I just have a prayer request. I got a prayer request, and I'm just saying we need to pray for Bob because Bob's cheating on his wife. Don't, don't tell anybody. This is just this is a prayer request. I'm not gossiping. He's cheating on his wife with his next-door neighbor. And I heard that, you know, she moved from out of state. And I heard the only reason she moved here was because she got caught cheating on her husband and where she was living then. Moved in next door to Bob, and now they're having this affair. Been going on for four years. But his wife don't know. So y'all don't tell her, because I'm not gossiping. This is just a prayer request, because we just need to be praying for Bob. But we would never do that, right? We would never do that. Not us. Okay, that's a big old hairy lie. Have you seen Facebook? You know what's funny about that statement is I don't look at Facebook. I really don't. But I listen to other people that tell me what's on Facebook all the time about all the stuff that's going on in other people's lives. It's crazy what you see on Facebook. So it just seems that all of us probably, if we're honest, struggle with a little bit of gossip. Proverbs 18, verse 8, says it like this. The words of a gossip, this is just a weird verse. I'm not going to lie to you. First time I read this verse, I thought, what? Like choice morsels. Something weird's going on right here, doesn't it? I mean, it sounds like it ought to be condemning, dropping the hammer. It says it, like, it tastes good. Now, you should just go home and Google it and see what all the commentators say. Because it was funny to me, I felt like the commentators were struggling too. Like they didn't want to say that gossip actually tastes good. So they come up with some other stuff like deep in the Hebrew. And I said, no, it really is just, no, it's saying it tastes good. That's, that's really what it's saying. They go down to the, to the most innermost parts. So they're like tasty morsels. And they're tasty and they're hurtful. But for some weird reason, we seem to love them. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes gossip is funny. 
So, for example, when we first started Springwell Church, there was a rumor out there, the gossip mill been churning, said I had, I had an earring, or I had a hole where there was an earring in my ear. And I said, I don't have an earring. I want one. <laughs> but my wife won't let me have one. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't sound real manly. Anyway, you know, and so I, I, I thought I'd just get one. And it kind of made me mad. And so I said, I'll tell you what, I'm going to get an earring. And Karen, my loving, godly wife, said, honey, are you doing that because of rebellion? Yeah. She said, well, then God wouldn't approve of that. She tried to use Jesus, to, so I didn't get an earring. But anyway, come to find out what somebody thought was, was a hole was a freckle. And now old age and a crack covers it up or something. I don't know. Can't hardly see it anymore. There was another rumor that got started when we first started uh, Springwell. I thought this was awesome. The rumor on the street was well, there was a $2,000 membership to join Springwell Church. Why are y'all laughing? In fact, we were, we were just a small group of people then, and this guy stood up. He said, did y'all hear this week? I mean, again, we were just like meeting like a family. It's like we do now. He stood up, and he said, yeah, the rumor is there's $2,000. He said, y'all know me. I ain't. He said, I started the whole thing, and he said, y'all know me. I ain't never tithed a day in my life. <laughs> I thought it was awesome. I wish that rumor had stuck. So what exactly is gossip? What is what's gossip? Pastor Rick Warren said this. He said, when we're talking about a situation with somebody who is neither a part of the problem nor a part of the solution, then we're probably gossiping. So let me say that one more time. Let that sink in. It's not a clear definition, but I think it's, it gives us food for thought. It gives, it gives us something to think about. When we're talking about a situation with somebody who is neither a part of the problem nor a part of the solution, then we're probably gossiping. So what else does the Bible have to say? It says that it's like a tasty morsel. It says that we actually enjoy it. It, it goes down to the most inner part. What else does the Bible say about gossip? Proverbs 6, verse 16 says this, There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to Him, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush to evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. Hello, y'all out there? Does that sound familiar? That's a great definition of gossip. It is that person who really only is telling what they're telling to stir up trouble, to bring division, to cause divide. God hates it. God hates it. And I think that we hate it too. We have this weird relationship with gossip. I think we hate it when, when somebody is gossiping about somebody we love, right? That's when you cross the line. Hello, anybody else out there but me? I mean, you can talk about me, and believe me, I've just shared a couple stories with you. You have no idea the stuff's been said about me over the years, especially since we started Springwell. Oh, my gosh. Somebody said we, we were handling snakes. I'm not going to handle a snake. Y'all bringing it in this church. I mean, the stuff that people said over the years, is, it's just been absolutely crazy. And you can talk about me, but I'm going to tell you what, you better leave my family alone. You better not talk about my wife. You better leave my kids alone. You better leave the people that I love alone. I will defend 
the people that I love. Right, wrong, or indifferent, I will. So why do we do it? Why, why do we do it? If we know that God hates it, and we know that it can hurt us and the people that we love, why do we still do it? Because for some crazy reason, it tastes good. And maybe it tastes good because it maybe it makes us feel better about ourselves. I mean, you know, we can say, well, at least, you know, I've, I've done some bad things, but at least I'm not as bad as old so-and-so. You know, I mean, I'm bad. I remember a few years ago I was in a situation where um, I, I was talking to a, a meth addict. He, he had been on a binge for a while, and he was pretty messed up. His teeth, you can imagine, he had meth mouth. I mean, he, he looked pathetic. His, he was just shriveling up to nothing, and he said, you know what, I, I mean, I know I'm bad, but at least I'm not on that heroin. I said, what? Can, can, you, can you come again with that one more time? At least I'm not that bad. Are you with me? Or maybe it makes you feel important. I've known people over the years that to know something that somebody else doesn't know, it just made them feel important. And you can hang around with them for a few minutes and you can tell they want you to ask. I mean, they're really, they give hints. You know what I'm talking about? And so you can just kind of stand there and say, how far are you going to go with this? Until finally, maybe they'll say, are you going to ask me or not? Well, I thought it was a secret. Well, I'm just going to get, it's just going to be a prayer request. <laughs> how do we overcome it? This battle, this love-hate relationship that we have with gossip. But how do we actually overcome it? I want to give you three questions that we have to ask ourselves that will help us in this battle with sin. The first one is simply this. It's easy. Is my conversation, is it helpful or is it hurtful? Is it helpful or is it hurtful? Ephesians chapter 4 says this. It, it, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building, for building people up according to their needs, so that it, the things that you say may actually benefit those who listen. Is it helpful? So when you're speaking those words, is it helpful? Sometimes, sometimes to even speak critical words can be helpful, right? I mean, if you know that somebody, there's a, somebody standing beside a snake and you holler, snake, at least you, sometimes we need to be able to share with people truth. But are you saying it to be helpful or are you saying it to be hurtful? Proverbs 16, verse 27, scoundrels create trouble. Their words are destructive. Blaze, a troublemaker, plants, he plants seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. So is your conversation, is it helpful or is it hurtful? Now, I've heard people say over the years, because I've been pastoring a long time, and, and I've got to be honest, this has always come from Christian folks, where people always say, well, I'm, just, I'm just telling the truth. I'm just speaking the truth. I'm not gossiping. I mean, it's the truth. So it's like it's, it's a license as long as we're telling truth. It's a license to be able to say anything that we want to. I heard this from another pastor, and I thought that it was awesome. I wish I'd come up with it, but I didn't. 
He said this, everything that, everything that is said should be true, but not everything that is true should be said. Come on now, somebody sort of saying amen. I know y'all not churchy, but that's, that's good right there, won't it? That'll preach. In other words, everything that we say should be true, but not everything that's true, not everything that we know to be true, needs to be said or should be said. I may have tweaked that a little bit. I'd tell you who said it, but they'd probably come back and say, I didn't say that. And I guess the thing is, if you're speaking truth to build somebody else up, then why aren't you speaking to that person? How come you're not telling them? I knew a young pastor many years ago, and he was incredibly insecure, and it's hard to do what we do and, and be insecure, and I'm insecure. I knew a young pastor, and he struggled with his insecurities, and after every Sunday... When he came home, when they would, he and his wife would sit down for the evening meal, he, he would always just sit and patiently wait for her to tell him what a great job he had done that day. And she was a, she was a quiet lady, and so she didn't have much to say. And, and so then he'd start dropping little subtle hints. Well, you know, I, th- I kind thought of so I thought I struggled this morning. He didn't get squat. Then he said, well, you know what, but I think I did, I believe I did better tonight, though. Honey, hello, are you there? Are you alive, woman? Tell me something. It was interesting because what he learned was his wife was incredibly proud of him, and she told everybody else. She just never told him. So why aren't we speaking to the people that matter. Why aren't we speaking words of truth and affirmation to lift each other up in the in a put down world that we live in, where none of us are smart enough, or or pretty enough, or rich enough, or or talented enough? All the enoughs that we're not. How come we don't live in a world in a community where we're constantly rallying around each other to lift each other up in this put down world that we live in? Even if sometimes speaking truth can be tough. That's what people that love each other do. My conversation helpful is it hurtful? The second question is this: Am I making am I making private matters public? Am I making private matters public? Proverbs eleven verse twelve: It is foolish to belittle one's neighbor. You know what that means in the Hebrew? It's foolish to belittle one's neighbor. That's what it means. A sensible person keeps quiet. A gossip goes around. Telling secrets, but those who are trustworthy, those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence. Now, because I'm a pastor, I know a lot about a lot of people. You have no idea how much junk I know on people. In fact, after the service for 25 bucks, I'll tell you some stuff. I'm just kidding. And again, this mostly comes from some religious folks, mostly comes from some Christian folks, but because people know that people do take me in confidence, they do trust me, and they'll come to me and they'll say, now, I, I, know, you, I know you talked to Susie, I, I, I know you've talked to Susie. Susie told me that she talked to you. Awesome. And, 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 and so, I listen, could you just, like, like and, and Pastor, I'm not, being, I'm not being nosy. I'm not being nosy. I just want to know how to pray for Susie. And so, could you just, like, 
Because I believe that God answers specific prayers. Amen? Y'all want to know the scoop on Susie right now, aren't you? I... So over the years, here's what I've learned to say, and it took me a long time. Over the years, I've learned to say this. It's not my story to tell. And listen, I'm, I, I can't tell you the number of people that have been mad at me. You, you've, you ever tried anything like that, and you won't tell somebody, and they get mad at you? You don't trust me. Sometimes I've said, because it's the truth, you're right, I don't. I never have, just to be quite honest with you. I ain't never trusted a word to come out of your mouth. I love you in the sweet name of Jesus, but that's about all. And there's other people when I have to look at them and say, no, I can't, no. It's not my story to tell. And if and when they want you to know, they'll have to be the ones to tell you. It's not my story to tell. We're a recovery church. And believe it or not, over the years, I don't know how many times I've probably said that. I can't count the number of times I've said that. Quite honestly, I've said that with great pride. And I'll tell you why, because I think, I guess I missed somewhere Jesus 101. I thought that everybody was in need of recovery. I thought we were all messed up. Anybody that's here is perfect, can you raise your hand? Because I got some people going to be on you right now. Ain't nobody perfect here. But guess what? There's nobody perfect across the street or down the road or anywhere else. We're all fallible human beings. We just are. In fact, the Bible says that all have sinned. The word all in the Greek means? Yeah, y'all are smart. And I believe in the power of confession. Psalm 32 says this. When I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away and I groaned all day long. Come on now, that, that, that right there, we haven't gone any further. That's already hitting home with somebody, isn't it? Day and night, your hand of discipline is heavy on me. Anybody knows what that feels like, that heavy hand of discipline? Boy, I know I do. Have mercy. My strength evaporated like water. From the summer heat. Finally. Finally, I confessed all my sins to you and, and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord. And this is awesome. And you forgave me. And all my guilt, all my guilt is gone. It's awesome. So some of you are thinking right now, you're thinking, yeah. I don't, I don't mind confessing to my Heavenly Father. I don't, I don't mind confessing to Jesus. But why, so why, but why do I need to confess to another human being, another fallible human being, another person just like me? Why do I need to do that? Because James 5 says, confess your sins to each other. Confess your sins to each other. And pray for each other so that you might be healed. There's something powerful about confession. There's something powerful about confessing our sin to God and finding forgiveness, the kind of forgiveness that will absolutely blow your mind. 
the love and the mercy and the grace of God that you cannot comprehend or take in or feel like you deserve. And there's something sweet and powerful about confessing our junk to each other. But you do have to be careful who you put your confidence in. Let me let that sit for just a minute. You've got to be careful who you put your confidence in. If you're the person that someone else is confided in, it's still not your place to go public with somebody else's story. They trusted you. They trusted you with some deep, dark, nasty stuff that probably it took a lot of prayer and a lot of reading, maybe James 5, for them to finally work up enough nerve to share with anybody. Now, you've got to keep that. And neither should you confess publicly something that would hurt another person. It's not the purpose of confession. We do stories every other week in the building next door and celebrate recovery. And people tell their stories, and honestly, it's, if you've, you, you should just come. It, it's, it's, it's awesome to watch people stand on the stage and literally become spiritually naked and transparent. It's a beautiful thing. But even in that, we tell these folks, you've got to be careful that you don't say publicly what you've never dealt with privately with maybe some other family members. <coughs> that, that's not the point of confession. Now, confession will set you free. And it will. And once you share with one person, you might want to share with the whole world, but you've got to be careful that your story and sharing your junk doesn't destroy other people. And then quite honestly, as I know here, it's just true. There's some people that just can't handle knowing your junk. There are people that have left Springwell because I've shared way too much of my junk. I mean, y'all know me. There's not a lot I won't share. There was something not long ago that somebody asked me about that I, that I hadn't shared. And, and in that moment, the most embarrassing thing, I totally forgot what it was. They said, well, didn't you get a blue chip? And I went, uh, yeah. And in that moment, I couldn't, I couldn't even remember what it was. And then it literally was probably a week or so later, I remembered and I went, oh, my gosh. Now, would I share that with everybody? Probably not. Because y'all know me. You know, I, man, I probably come transparent with probably 98% of my stuff. I mean, you know, people are nervous they're going to get caught. I go, y'all already know everything. I mean, I don't have to be scared. You know, nothing's going to jump out of my closet. But here's the thing. I do have some people in my life that I absolutely have been able to share with. I've got some accountability partners. I have... I have some brothers that I'm close to that I can look at them and I know that I can share anything nasty in my life and I believe, I, I really do believe that they will love me anyway. You've got to be careful who you trust. 
Let's take it a step further. Proverbs 25, verse 9. When arguing with a neighbor, don't betray another person's secret. So some of you love this kind of stuff. When I, when I do this, when I break down the Hebrew or when I break down the Greek, well, the original language of the New Testament is Greek. The original language of the Old Testament is Hebrew. And So I did some digging in the Hebrew. And for those of you that are, again, interested in what it means, here's what, here's what it means in the Hebrew. It means keep your big mouth shut. Uh, that's, that's, I mean, that's just what it means. That's the Greer version. You won't find that in the commentary, but that's pretty much that's what it means. So when a person has a conflict with another person, the best way for that conflict to be, to be resolved, this is going to be like rocket science. Get those two people together. You, you talking over here and this person talking over here and building their camp will not do anything to resolve the conflict. We do it all the time here. We tell people all the time, there are people that come to me, and, and sometimes they come to me for advice, and I do everything I can to give them advice. Sometimes people come to me because they want to title on somebody else. And I always look at them and say, I'm sorry, I, I, can't, I can't listen. Whoa, you're my pastor. I am. But you haven't talked to that person yet. And see, if you need advice on how to go to that person, I'll be glad to walk with you through that. I'll help you. i got a worksheet that I'll give you to help you work through it. But I can't, I can't, I'm, there's no reason for you to talk to me until you've dealt with your junk with that person. But see, that's not how a lot of us like to do it. We like to, I call it circling the wagons. And so we like to go get our group, and, and we know that our group's going to tell us we're right. Well, they shouldn't. If they're your friends, they should tell you if you're wrong. And not only will gossip hurt the other person, here's what I want you to know, it will hurt the gossiper. I don't know if that's a word or I just made it up, but it fits the context. Verse 10 of Proverbs 25, others, others may accuse you of gossip and you will never regain your good reputation. So I'm just going to ask, so if you're one of those people and people have told you like they don't trust you, you should really examine that. Maybe you're not trustworthy because maybe you've told too much junk. See, it hurts you. And, and this, this like, wow, you will never. That's a big word. Y'all having fun? Last, last point. Aren't you glad? Last question. If you really want to overcome this thing, here's the question you're going to ask. Am I permitting others to gossip? See, just when you thought it was bad, it just got worse. <laughs> Proverbs 17, wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip. Liars pay close attention to slander. So it's not just wrong to speak gossip, it's actually wrong to listen to it. I wish I'd come up with this. I, I'm pretty sure this was Rick Warren, but it's been so many years, I don't remember, but it's stuck in my mind. And it is simply this. You promote what you permit. You promote what you permit. I remember a deacon came to me many years ago, literally. I was at a church, and I had taught the, the deacons of pastor, uh, the church I pastored prior to this, and I met with the deacons on a Sunday morning, and I shared with them the dream that God had placed in my heart about about Springwell. I didn't know what we were going to call it at that time, but I knew we wanted to start a, a new work, a new church. And when I got done, one of the deacons on the front row, he looked at me and he said, Pastor, it sounds like you just resigned. And I went, wow. It did. So I got up and I shared with the church that morning. But one of those deacons came to me later. And we started, we planted Springwell two weeks later. 
one of those deacons came to me and he said, Scott, I, I've, I've got to talk to you about something. I said, sure. He said, listen, man, I, I've never talked about you. I love you. And then he just, you know, he just laid it on thick. Man, it's, well, it's, a, it's a blessing sometimes what guilt can do to a person. You know what I'm saying? And so I just kept saying, bring it. Man, like you're the greatest preacher I've ever heard. I said, come on. Give me some more. He said, here's the thing. I, I love you. But see, I've been... I've been at the lunch table after church on too many Sundays when my family would talk about you, and I never joined in. I never said anything, but I never took up for you either. And he asked me this question. So are you telling me that it's too late? Uh, yeah. But it's, it's not because of you. See, God's called me to do something else. I mean, I tried to make ease his burden as much as I possibly could. But he understood the power of promoting what he permitted. He allowed that festering nastiness to continue. So how do you deal with it? When you're, saying a group of people and, and people are gossiping, let me give you four approaches. Here's the first one. It's just to be subtle. You might just be able to say, you know what? I'm just not comfortable with this conversation. That's, that's fairly subtle, don't you think? I'm just not comfortable with this conversation. Or you could be caring. You could say, dude, I bet this would crush Bob if he knew that we were having this conversation, like without him. Or you might be able to say, you know what? One thing I know for sure is if I knew that people were having this conversation about me without me, I know it would be crushing to me. My, you might want to be biblical. You know, if you want to be biblical, that's another approach. You might say, if you've got a problem with Bob, you've got to go to Bob. I can't fix your problem with Bob. If you need advice, I'll help you there. I'll tell you, I'll do everything I can to help you walk through the conversation. But just here to spew venom about Bob, I can't help you. You've got to go to Bob. Or maybe you can just be very direct and say, dude, if you're going to keep talking about other people, I ain't hanging around with you no more. That's pretty direct Matthew 12 a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him now boy this is haunting but I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word that they've spoken is that like rattling anybody's cage just a smidgen and then, and, then by, and then verse 37, by your words you will be acquitted or by your words you will be condemned. Ah! Our words are powerful. We have the ability to speak life and death into people, to destroy people's lives by the things that we say. Or we have the ability to lift people up when they're down. So as a follower of Jesus... I just wonder, you know, Springwell's an awesome church and we're pretty open and transparent and, you know, we don't have to close eyes and do all that kind of stuff. But I want to do something different today. And that is simply this. If you're a follower of Jesus and maybe you would just say, you know what, I'm struggling. Or, or maybe you're thinking, gosh, am I struggling? I don't know that if I'm a gossiper. Well, then would you be willing to pray this prayer with me? You're going to pray it with me. I'm no better than you. I find myself into those situations sometimes where I get sucked into it as well. Psalm 139, this is the prayer of King David. 
This is what he prayed. And I just wonder if you'd be willing to pray this with me. He said, search me, O oh God. Whew. Holy Spirit, I just want to welcome you in right now to my life. I, and I want you to search me. I want you to know my heart. See, here's the thing about God, is that God knows what your intentions are better than you know what your intentions are. And so, I'm, so what you're doing is you're just saying, God, I may, have, I may be blind. I don't mean to be. I, wouldn't hurt, I don't want to hurt anybody. So God, will you just show me my heart? I mean, will you just reveal the ugliness that might be there that's causing me to maybe say things about others that I shouldn't? my anxious thoughts see if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting so right now right there will you just join me can we just pray followers of Jesus will you just pray so Lord Lord honestly this is one of those prayers I need to pray every single day search me because, Lord, I know how much you love me. Over the, over the last few years, Lord, I've come to so much freedom because I understand the depth of your love so much better than I ever have in my whole life. So, God, I can invite you in and ask you to search me, knowing that whatever it is that you reveal, whatever impurities that are in my heart that you reveal, you're doing it because you love me, because you want what's better for me. Lord, test me. Help me to understand these anxious thoughts that go through my head. Lord, force me to deal with those insecurities that still guard me from your love and freedom. Lord, for those that are here that are joining me, God, that you can just do such a work in us. Lord, that we go out into the world to a crazy world, Lord. A negative, nasty world. That we don't have to go out with big black Bibles beating people over the head, but they can look in our lives and see something different. That we're different. Our lives have been changed by you and your truth. Maybe you're here this morning you're not a follower of Jesus. And maybe for you, you'd say, man, are you kidding me? Gossip? Really? Like, that's so far down my list. I am so messed up. I got so much junk. And maybe because of that, you've just thought, how could God love me? How could he possibly love me? If that's the thoughts that are going through your mind, I want you to know that he's absolutely crazy about you. God's crazy about you. And he proved it, not just words on a page. He sent his son. God so loved the world that he sent Jesus. And Jesus so loved the world that he was willing to go to the cross. And on the cross, he was willing to pay our sin debt. He's not dead. And what you feel right now is the presence and the power, the goodness and the love of God.
So if you're not a follower of Jesus and you'd like to be, then here's, here's all you have to do. Just pray a simple prayer. And it's not the magic of the prayer. It's, it's the attitude of your heart. So maybe just quietly and silently there in your seat, you'd say something like this. You'd say, Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for being willing to give your life on the cross and shed your blood for me. Wow. I can't understand that kind of love. And that you would extend to me mercy and grace. It's it's too much to comprehend. But I know it's the truth. It's what your word says. So I trust it. And I'm asking you to the best of my ability to forgive me of all my sin. That's all my past. That's all my present. I'm going to need you to forgive me of all my future sin. Without that, I have no hope. Thank you for your love. From this day forward, to the best of my ability, I want to follow you. I want to follow you for the rest of my life. Lord, you're awesome. Lord, it is so sweet that we get to do what we do. And Lord, that we get the opportunity to watch lives literally changed by the power of the gospel. Lord, all we ask is that for those of us who our lives have been changed, that you'll use us to spread that good word, that gospel, the story of Jesus to people that are just desperate to hear it. That's the only thing that's going to change this world, Lord. It's not new legislation. It's not a new president. It's not different people in Congress. It'll just be you. So, Lord, for all that you do, to allow us to be a small part of that, we'll thank you. It's in your sweet name we pray. Amen.